Hi, Eric Crossley here, and welcome to episode six of Making a Difference, A Ship Without a Captain. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. We're excited to be back with you and with Making a Difference. We are unfortunately in a very difficult time right now in this country with uh, the COVID-19 and coronavirus situation, but we hope everyone is staying safe. And thank you again for joining us on Making a Difference. We'd like to, well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to Dayron Arias, my producer and friend and uh, my co-producer, co-person on this show, uh, Dayron down in Florida. Thank you so much. And also to my uh, partner and uh, the best to him. He's a wonderful person, Elcides Flores. And uh, also, uh, I want to thank the countries that are listening in because we have in the last a few episodes, some great country, uh, countries, our top five countries that listen to Making a Difference, and that's uh, the United States, and 65%, and then Canada, 3%, Netherlands, 3%, Cuba, 3%, and Germany, 3%. We have a lot of other countries. Maybe next episode we'll talk about them. It's, again, an unexpected side benefit to be reaching out to different countries. Of course, the U.S. Uh, being number one, but thank you so much for listening. And we hope things will be back to normal fairly soon because it has been a crazy time. We have a lot to discuss in this show. The ship without a captain, well, that uh, you'll figure out on your own, I'm sure, as we go along through. Let's take a look at some statistics. Today is Monday, March 30th, our last show for March. And the latest statistics on COVID-19, the coronavirus. Uh, before we do that, I did want to also mention please be sure to go to ericcrossley.com or send an email to info at ericcrossley.com if you have suggestions, if you want to say how great we are, anything like that would be fantastic. The statistics today, now these come from various sources and they're constantly changing, but let's look at the COVID-19 coronavirus totals and they have gone up dramatically since the last show. Right now, as of today, Monday, this was as of 12 noon, we have a total of 770,106 cases worldwide with a total of 36,938 people who have unfortunately passed away. New cases, 46,716. And the deaths in one day, a 24-hour period, 2,873 people have passed away. For the United States, a total cases now of 156,632. We're nearing 3,000 on total uh, deaths at 2,870. New cases in a 24-hour period is 13,141. And unfortunately, in a 24-hour period, 287 people have died. And Italy is uh, right behind us there, unfortunately, and uh, they have... 101,739 cases, but 11,591 deaths and 4,050 new cases in one day, 812 deaths in a 24-hour period. Let's look at Spain very quickly. Total cases, 85,195 and 7,340 people have passed away, 537 in one day. It's interesting to look at China because they have uh, actually gone over the, uh, the scale and they're going down now. Total cases, 81,470, 3,304 deaths. So they're behind uh, four countries now with that. And only 31 new cases, only four deaths in China where this originated 
in a 24-hour period. So China has done a, a quite a successful job in controlling it. As far as the states go, unfortunately, 66,497 in New York State. New York has exploded, as you may have heard, 1,218 deaths in New York, 5,818 deaths, uh, new cases, I'm sorry, in New York, and uh, 155 deaths in a 24-hour period. The other states that are at the top of, unfortunately, of the list, uh, Washington State with 202 people dying, New Jersey 198, and Louisiana with 185. Unfortunately, our numbers may very well end up going much, much higher, closer to Italy's and beyond. We'll talk a little bit about projections coming up in the next segment. But for right now, you know, uh, the numbers every show are going up dramatically, and our thoughts and prayers to everyone who has uh, lost somebody in this. We will be right back. Eric Crossley back with Making a Difference, Episode 6, A Ship Without a Captain. Thanks again for joining us. Let's take a look at uh, some recent comments, first of all, from Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course, he is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and on the White House task force that uh, President Trump has with him in the press conferences every day. Dr. Fauci also, by the way, worked extensively on the HIV AIDS crisis. He is an amazing uh, person, an amazing uh, scientist and doctor. Dr. Fauci said on Sunday that he anticipates the coronavirus could kill between 100 and 200,000 Americans while infecting millions. Now, a note that the deaths in the United States have more than doubled in two days. Now the U.S. has the most confirmed cases worldwide. So that's uh, something to look at, but certainly Dr. Fauci and CDC.gov, by the way, are great places to go if you want to find out uh, what exactly is going on and listen less to President Trump and what he's saying. We did want to have some good news for this episode, and that was the uh, the rescue deal, the huge rescue deal, the $2.2 trillion rescue deal has not only been passed by the Senate and the House, but signed by the President, and now will go into law. There was a lot of negotiations, a lot of talk. You'll hear a lot on the internet about both sides, the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, having what we call pork in there or things that maybe some people may feel were not needed, but they're very small percentages. The big part of this uh, $2.2 trillion emergency coronavirus legislation will be hundreds of billions of dollars in loans for small businesses, many of which have been forced to close. And it also provides direct cash payments, as you may know, to the majority of Americans who are struggling to make ends meet or who have lost jobs. The measure stipulates that Trump-owned companies are ineligible, and that amount of money going to the individuals, right now, $1,200 and $2,400 for couples, with $500 going for uh, each child, dependent child, that uh, a couple may have. So we're very, uh, very pleased about that. There was a lot of discussion about this, but let's, uh, I think we should, we should all put that behind us and just be thankful that the government actually did work. Uh, one time uh, with Republicans and Democrats and the president signing that bill. Now, I have, this just came across uh, just a few hours ago, and this is from Jeff Cox from CNBC, and this is uh, not good news, actually. The indication right now is millions of Americans already have lost their jobs due to the coronavirus crisis, 
and the worst is yet to come, according to a Federal Reserve estimate. Economists at the Fed's St. Louis District project, total employment reductions of 47 million are projected, which would translate to an unbelievable 32.1% unemployment rate. That figure reflects the high nature of at-risk jobs that ultimately could be lost to a government-induced freeze aimed at halting the coronavirus. And that's why the president was talking so much about possibly getting the economy going and getting everything back to normal by Easter. But the problem is, of course, that that is not going to be possible simply because we're not at that point yet where the coronavirus is going down. So it's uh, it's a high unemployment rate. We hope it will be temporary and that things will improve as we get further and further into 2020. But for right now, people need to be aware that tough times and tougher times are ahead. There's so many nuances and so many things going on with this crisis. What we want to talk about as far as the ship without a captain in this episode, specifically again, is President Trump and and what he's been saying and, and, and the things he's been commenting on. And it's not because we want to talk about politics at this time. It's because the president is forcing us to talk about politics because he's saying so many incorrect things, which other people call lies. And we have to really put a stop to that. So we're going to be talking more about that in the next segment, about what President Trump has been saying. But again, keep in mind, folks, 32.1% unemployment rate. That would be the highest unemployment rate since the Great Depression, which was nearly 100 years ago in the United States. So it's a grim start to 2020. We'll hope for better times ahead, folks. Stay strong. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Making a Difference. Eric Crossley here, A Ship Without a Captain, Episode 6. We're talking about uh, a little bit about what President Trump has been saying and doing. Um, we really didn't need the coronavirus tragedy to, to point out that the president is inept and unable to uh, really lead this country. And that's why we named the episode A Ship Without a Captain, because we are a ship in the United States and really truly have no leader who is leading us. Fortunately, we do have other people who are going to, uh, to take over for the president in that vein including uh, Governor Cuomo of New York, which uh, we'll certainly be talking about, too. This, uh, we'd like to play a little clip right now. This is from uh, the Sunday news conference at the Rose Garden, which the president did for some reason outside of his normal uh, daily routine of having the coronavirus update with the experts. The president decided yesterday that in the Rose Garden, he was going to just have a little press conference. And right now, this is a little clip of the president and what he said yesterday about the coronavirus situation. Let's go to that right now. It was it was good for a tiny little sample of people. It was and even that didn't work because when CDC first looked at their test, the biggest problem they had is the test didn't work. That wasn't from us. That's been there a long time. Now we have the best tests in the world. And Nobody has. Now they're all calling. Can we get the quick test? We call it the quick test. We're, by the way, probably more accurate. And it takes a few minutes. I mean, it's pretty amazing what we've done. No, we're getting we're getting along great with the governors. Yeah, go ahead, please. Okay, so we are back. So the president said in that short clip from the Sunday press conference, and thanks to politicsusa.com for that, if we have between 100 and 200,000 deaths, 
Now, he didn't say deaths, but that's what it is. If we have between 100 and 200,000 people who die in the United States from coronavirus, from COVID-19, we've all together done a very good job. That's exactly what the president says. Trump says that compared to the 2.2 million we could have had, that this was a, a positive sign. This is, this is good news that 100 to 200,000 people in this country could be dying of this virus. The 2.2 million figure that the president refers to in that clip and in the press conference was actually a high estimate coming from some other sources. It could be 2.2 million. The sign uh, of a good job is not 200,000 people dead, Mr. President. That's one thing. The other thing we have to point out, too, is that the president is constantly, all during these daily press conferences that he's having and, and having Dr. Fauci and a lot of the experts talk, which is great, but he always has to come up and he always has to talk about what a great job he's doing. What a fantastic, what fantastic work. This has been a continuous theme and he's a narcissist to the maximum. So the president feels that that's really, really good news. The other thing the president said, which was interesting, he was talking about how his his daily press conferences, his coronavirus updates, something that's very critical to the nation, how good the ratings are for that. Honestly, he said that. He said the ratings were doing really, really well, and he was very, very happy with that. Monday night football ratings. Now, to be talking about TV ratings at a time of a national disaster, a national crisis, is simply unbelievable, except when you think of the fact that it's Donald Trump, because he will talk about everything has to do with his election. Everything has to do with him. The most important thing right now to Donald Trump is not the 200 or 100,000 Americans that may die or more, or all the people that are affected, or the hospitals that are so overflowing and running out of equipment. The most important thing for Donald Trump is his reelection. I guarantee you that's what he thinks in his mind, his little mind, and that's the way it's going to go. So that was an interesting thing, but do take a look at that when you get a chance. Read about how the president talked about his ratings. I wanted to go uh, on track, but talk a little bit about a separate coronavirus story. This comes from rawstory.com and WTVT TV in uh, Florida. An arrest warrant was issued today, on Monday, for a Florida megachurch pastor who repeatedly flouted warnings by local officials and state officials, and for that matter, federal government officials, not to hold services during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, most churches, 99% of the churches, are doing remotes. People are on their computers. They can, they can go to church that way temporarily. But this moron down there, and that's Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, I want to mention his name, and this was yesterday, Sunday, March 29th, and at the river at Tampa Bay Church. Not only did he have a three-and-a-half-hour service, but people showed up. Hundreds and hundreds of people jammed the church for the Sunday service. They were also ignoring all orders by everybody. This was yesterday, folks, and it's stunning. So the pastor today uh, got a little present from the Hillsborough County Sheriff, Chad Cronister. 
he announced that there's an arrest warrant issued against Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, who led the Sunday service, with a quote from the sheriff, the county sheriff, Hillsborough County. He said, quote, his reckless disregard for human life puts hundreds of people in his congregation at risk and thousands of residents who may interact with them this week in danger, Chronister said. The pastor was charged with unlawful assembly in violation of public health emergency rules, a second degree misdemeanor, and he may face other charges, according to state attorney Andrew Warren. So, frankly, it's almost beyond belief. But again, these are these folks are the evangelical people who believe that Trump is the second coming, despite all the sexual assaults he's done, the groping that he's done, the constant discussions he's had about sex and the sexual activity he's done doesn't seem to matter to them. All the things he's done, all the lies he's told, these mega churches, these evangelical people, for some reason, think that Donald Trump is the second coming. And that's what we had coming from Florida and coming from that mega church. We hope that these folks will use common sense next time. The worst thing about that is not just the fact that hundreds of people flouted everything and decided to show up and pack themselves into a church. The worst thing about it is how many children were forced to come to those services and how many children are going to suffer the effects because of it, either because of a parent getting sick, possibly dying, or because they might get sick. So in Florida, I would strongly suggest to the governor that this not be allowed to happen again. A church service like that, you think common sense would come through just once to the evangelical right wing, but they love Trump so much, they believe still that this is some kind of conspiracy and the conspiracy is to destroy Donald Trump. That was what Trump said from the beginning. Trump said from the beginning that this whole thing, this COVID-19, this coronavirus, this was, this was all invented because he was having so much success. We talked about that in the last show. Let's go back and look at a couple of quotes. These, again, from Donald Trump. And this is rawstory.com. Uh, just a few different dates. January 22nd, the president said we have it totally under control. It's going to be just fine. February 24th, the coronavirus is very much under control in the U.S., stock market is starting to look good. Again, the stock market is the most important thing. The economy is the most important thing to Donald Trump and getting reelected is the most important thing. People dying, people getting sick, doesn't care about that. February 25th, the president said, you may ask about the coronavirus, which is very well under control in our country over a month ago. We have very few people with it and the people that have it are getting better. They're all getting better. February 26th, the president said, and again, when you have 15 people and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to zero, that's a pretty good job we've done. There it is, the president again. He says that over and over. What a good job we've done means what a good job he's done when in fact he has done a terrible job on this. February 28th, it's going to disappear. One day like a miracle, it will disappear the president said. March 6th, this is one that still strikes me. Anybody that needs a test gets a test. They're there. They have the tests and the tests are beautiful. 
right now, still today, March 30th, we do not have enough tests and there aren't enough people able to get tests in this country. And for the United States of America, that is unbelievable. But March 6th, the president said, anybody who needs one, you can go ahead and get one. And March 6th, he also said, holding rallies doesn't bother me at all. So hopefully he won't have any more rallies for a long time because of the uh, the danger of this. But again, this is a president who just has had no clue at all. We will be right back. Eric Crossley back with Making a Difference, a ship without a captain. And thanks for joining us, by the way, folks. And we're going to, once we get through this coronavirus uh, tragedy, which I, I know we will in the hopefully near future, we'll be back with, uh, with regular episodes. But right now, we have to concentrate on uh, this uh, national and worldwide crisis. We have a clip right now of the president. This was on Sean Hannity Fox News just last week. And uh, the president had some remarks to say and some comments to say uh, about the shortages of equipment that we have all over the country and uh, about the governors asking him for that. So let's go to that clip right now. And I am one that wants to get everybody back working. You know, that was important. People were saying, yeah, we'll take three or four or five months. And everybody said, three or four months, you know, our country is, is not designed for that. And our people aren't designed. We're not engineered for that, Sean. We're, we're, everybody wants to go back to work. So, you know, people, they own a restaurant. They can't keep their restaurant closed for months. By the way, the sooner we go back, the better the, the lift that we're going to get. I think we're going to have a bounce like maybe you've never seen. I just think there's so much pent-up demand. But we have to get rid of this. Now, there's a possibility I'll do it in, in quadrants, in uh, pieces. In, you know, you'll Can you take, explain that? Uh, you'll, well, yeah, you'll take the farm belt. You'll take certain states that aren't badly impacted, you know, where they have almost none or they have just a little bit. Uh, you take a look, you know, some of these great states in, uh, like Iowa, you take a look at Idaho and you take a look at Nebraska, where they have a great medical facility, by the way, even for this. Uh, and you take a look at some states, a big portion, I mean, they all have a little bit, but many of them have just a little bit, and they have it under control. They're incredible governors, they're incredible senators, and they're watching it, and uh, they're very, very well run, and and they have it under control. They immediately put the people in quarantine. Okay, so the president on Sean Hannity, and he said basically that... Uh, I don't believe you need 40,000 or 30,000 ventilators. The president said, you know, you go to major hospitals and sometimes they'll have two ventilators. And now all of a sudden they're saying, we, can we order 30,000 ventilators? This is stunning for the president of the United States to be saying this. Basically saying to the governors, and especially Governor Cuomo of New York and the governor of Michigan, uh, you know, what, you, what the experts, the scientists say, the medical professionals say that we need, you know, I, I don't really believe that. Why doesn't he believe that? Because he didn't have enough equipment prepared because the president for weeks and weeks and weeks kept saying that this was a democratic invention. Coming up with this crisis, this coronavirus was an invention of the Democrats. So that was coming from his appearance on Sean Hannity. By the way, the president and all the people in the White House, they just love Sean Hannity and they love Fox News. Unfortunately, Sean Hannity is nothing but a troll for the president and does nothing but kiss his behind constantly. 
and uh, never says a bad word about him. And very rarely on Fox News do they say uh, bad words about it. So that's not even close to being a professional network. Now, the next uh, thing we want to talk about leading into that is that the president uh, is continuing his war on the press, his war on the media. Keep in mind, folks, that this country has a free press. That's one of the mainstays of our Constitution and our country. And the president doesn't really like that free press very much because he thinks that everything should be done exactly the way he says. It's constant badgering, constant attacking the press. And this was, again, during the Sunday press conference. And the president was talking here. He was asked a question by PBS reporter Yamichi Alcindor. And this comes actually, uh, this clip from politicsusa.com. And this is the second time he's attacked this African-American reporter. She's from PBS. And uh, she asks a very good question. She asks about what we just heard the president say on the Sean Hannity show. So let's play that clip. Let's listen yesterday to the president being asked by PBS reporter Yamichi Alcindor. Let's go to that clip right now. President, I have two questions. The first is, you've said repeatedly that you think that some of the equipment that governors are requesting, they don't actually need. You said New York might need, I, not, I might not need 30,000. You said it on Sean Hannity's Fox News. You said you know, that why you don't, might- Why don't you some, people act? Let, let me ask you. You said why some don't state, you act? Why don't you act in a little more positive? It's always trying to my get question you. To you. Get is, you, get you. And you know what? That's why nobody trusts the media anymore. My That's question why to you people, is, how is that going to impact? Excuse me, you didn't hear me. That's why you used to work for the Times, and now you work for somebody else. Look, let me tell you something. Be nice. Don't Mr. be President, threatening. My question Don't is, be threatening. Be nice. Go my ahead. My question is, how is that going to impact how you fill these orders for ventilators or for masks? Your it's not views that they're, they're not, you're not going to. It's not going to impact you at all. We're producing tremendous numbers of ventilators. We're doing a great job on it. Mike Pence, our vice president, has headed up the task force, which has been incredible. The job they've done. We have everybody in the White House working on it. We have. Everybody in the country is working on this in one way or the other. The fact is, we've done a great job of delivering. You've seen the biggest people in the business. I mean, there's nobody even close to this group of people. We had a meeting at 3 o'clock. It lasted for a long time. It was a great meeting with the generals and with everybody else, and they have done a fantastic job. I'm just saying this. If they're holding... Let me give you one example. We sent thousands of generators to New York. They were put into a warehouse, a New York warehouse that happened to be located, interestingly, in Edison, New Jersey. They were given to New York, and we then went to other places, also giving thousands of ventilators. The people in New York never distributed the generators. We said, why didn't you distribute them? Now, you have to understand, they have New York people working in those warehouses. They knew they had them. So we said, why didn't you distribute them? I'm just, I hope they've distributed them now, but maybe they didn't need them so badly. But just so you know, we're all, you, me, everybody, we're all on the same team. You know, when, when journalists get up, and you're a journalist, a fine journalist, when journalists get up Sean Hannity. and ask questions that are so threatening, I was quoting you directly from team. your interview with Sean Hannity. Okay, so that was a long one, and that's a, there's a lot of information there. The president, again, doesn't really let her ask the question, he doesn't answer the question either. The question was about where the president was saying, numerous times, by the way, on the Sean Hannity show and elsewhere, that the governors don't need all the equipment they're asking for. Governor Cuomo asked for 30,000 ventilators. They don't need that many because they've only used 3,000 so far. The president 
seems to know everything about everything. The medical experts, the scientists don't know everything. And he told her, PBS reporter Yamichi Alcindor, he said, why don't you, you people act a little more positive in that clip we just heard. You know what? That's why nobody trusts the media. The president of the United States said that. First of all, the expression, why don't you people act a little more positive? You people, if you don't know it, if you're a younger person and haven't heard it, is an old racist term that was used for African-Americans back in the days when they weren't called African-Americans in a lot of this country, and especially in the South. And you people meant you people on the other side of the railroad tracks. He also used that for another African-American reporter in the same press conference. Here's a little blip, a little flash for the president. Don't use you people because it's a racist term. And then he said, that's why nobody trusts the media. Who in the hell said nobody trusts the media? We don't trust the president because of his endless lies, which have continued into this coronavirus COVID-19 crisis. The president said, how do you go from using 10 to 20,000 masks to 300,000, even though this is different? Something's going on. Where are the masks going? Are they going out the back door? So now all of our health professionals, all the doctors, the, nurse, the nurses, the emergency room technicians, the people that are putting their lives on the line in these hospitals day after day, some dying, by the way, so that they can treat people and try to help people. Basically, the president's saying, eh, I think they're making something up here. Hospitals and medical professionals have for weeks warned that stockpiles of medical supplies would not last through the pandemic. States have been bidding against each other for equipment. That's another problem is the states are bidding against each other. And that's ratcheting the price up. The federal government is also bidding. So there's an incredible free market is wonderful, but not in this situation. So what we have right now is a situation where the president is saying to the states, yeah, you know what? I don't think you need that much. So we're just going to cut it back a little bit. He also made a comment about 3,000 respirators being stored in a New Jersey warehouse. Just simply ridiculous comments from this president again and again. Now, I wanted to mention uh, Vice President Pence, because remember, he was assigned to be the head of this task force that's head that the president does the news conference with every day. And Vice President Pence is standing there. You'll see every, every day when the president does the coronavirus press conference. The vice president always looks like he just doesn't have anything really going on up there, upstairs. And I don't mean to be mean, but frankly, that's what I see coming from Mike Pence. He is the head of the COVID-19 task force. And uh, he basically was told by the president, don't call the governors of hard hit areas. This was last week. Trump singled out the Democratic leaders of Washington and Michigan and later New York, notifying them he'd advised Pence not to call them as the health care crisis that plagues their states. It's not our problem. And if they don't treat you right, we shouldn't call them. So again, that's what the president said to Mike Pence, that we shouldn't call them. Now, I do want to go back and mention about the vice president, because he could very well become president if this president 
is uh, removed by the 25th Amendment. We'll talk about that in an upcoming show. But a few things, the, the vice president, the person, he, the president put in charge of the COVID-19 crisis task force was not Dr. Fauci, who's an expert in everything. He's an amazing, intelligent scientist, physician. As I said, he worked extensively on the HIV AIDS crisis. He, um, he's one of the premier physicians and scientists of our time, and his, his group of people are amazing. But instead of that, the president put the vice president in charge of the task force. The vice president promised earlier this month that a million tests for COVID-19 would quickly be available. Then a couple of days later, the vice president says, you know what? They're not going to be available after all. It's going to be a bunch of weeks before we meet that demand. Oops, sorry about that. And the person, the, pre the vice president, the person the president put in charge of this crisis, the task force in the White House with these daily press conferences, the vice president had some interesting background uh, comments that he's made. Now, this was in 2000, so it was 20 years ago. This is what Vice President Pence said, and he wasn't vice president then, but he said, despite the hysteria from the political class and the media, smoking doesn't kill. I honestly said that in 2000, 36 years after the Surgeon General said smoking is in fact dangerous to your health. And in 2002 on CNN, the Vice President Pence said, quote, condoms are a very, very poor protection against sexually transmitted disease. The only true sex, safe sex is no sex. That's the person the president put in charge of the coronavirus task force. I did want to mention, again, uh, with all the negativity we have, we do want to say thank you to everybody who's continuing to serve the American people, especially on the front line in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, all of the people doing all the research. And we want to thank the people, too, in the supermarkets who are still working and still making sure that we have food, our emergency people, our police and uh, rescue squad people, everybody who's involved in that. Thank you so much. And we will be getting back on track and we will let's not be cautious. We'll be cautiously optimistic. But let's make sure we listen to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Fauci, and all the experts. And please don't listen to what Donald Trump says, because he is, again, we said it time and time again, a liar and the worst president ever. And that leaves us a ship without a captain. I'm Eric Crossley. Thanks again to Dayron Arias. Episode six, Making a Difference and a Ship Without a Captain. Let's hope we get one in November. I'm Eric Crossley. Thanks for listening. And we'll look for you next time.